Welcome back to Inside the Kentucky Derby, where, once again, we are talking horses on the road to the Kentucky Derby and the lead-up to this year's run for the roses for the 150th time, but we can't get there until we start talking about the future wager. I'm Kevin Kirstein, joined alongside Darren Rogers, as always, here on Inside the Kentucky Derby. Darren, we're both gamblers at heart, I would say, and this is always a fun time of year when you get to gamble on prospects for the Derby horses in November. Yeah, it's you know it's real early. Last year was the first year that we did um, added the the pool in advance of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and you know it it wet the appetite of some betters. I think there was about one hundred and fifteen thousand in the uh, in the pool. Uh, but you can find some prices in there. Um, look, it's not easy throwing together uh, 38 individual horses this time of year for the for the Kentucky Derby. Kevin, you and I are, uh, are part of the committee, leading the committee for uh, this this uh, pool. And you know, you've got some you know some big name horses, obviously running in the Breeders' Cup on 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 Friday, in you know locked in in, in Timberlake. But you know, as for the rest of uh, the group, I mean, it's you know, you're 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 looking at breeding, you're looking at, you know, how fast do they do they run? Majority of the horses, you know, have broken their maiden. There's, I think, there's a maiden, maybe two in there, um, that were runner up to you know fast winners. So, um, you know, a lot of trainers. That's the other thing I always say when you're looking at the road to the Derby. You know, you have a lot of the same repeat uh, participants from, you know, not just the trainers, but the the ownership groups as well. Absolutely. You know, and, and that just gives you a signal of what they're doing when they go to the horse sales or when they're breeding their mares. They're looking for horses to run on the first Saturday, May, in the Kentucky Derby. And this will be a good little overview of, you know, sort of where we are at this stage. Obviously, we'll talk to Breeders' Cup Juvenile on our next podcast, but we're going to talk, you know, some of the horses that have shown some early talent either in the summertime or in this early fall season that could end up on the road to the Kentucky Derby or already on the Kentucky Derby. And you mentioned two names, Darren locked in Timberlake and trainer Todd Pletcher and Brad Cox combined for 15 runners in this first running of the first pool of the future wager. I'm surprised we only have 15 of them. I, I know. And, and it's funny, you know, and I, I always like to try and go around the backside and, you know, I stopped by a couple of barns and it's usually now it's just Brad Cox's barn because we're trying to see if we're going to miss anyone. And he really said, you know, most of his two-year-olds have already had race experience that either they ran in the summer at Saratoga or at Ellis Park or debuted here at Churchill Downs. And he said, you know, most of the ones have already had experience. I ran down the list to him. He, gave me a couple to cross off and we landed on eight and the eight are in here led by Timberlake, who was very impressive, who uh, leads his charge will be um, in the breeders cup juvenile next week at Santa Anita. And uh, you know, if you want to take a morning line price of 20 to one on him, you're probably a little bit better than me. Uh, that's just a little bit too short for someone to take this time of the year. If you know, you're looking at others that are, in the hundred to one range in this pool. Well, the breeders cup juveniles always run six months to the day from the Kentucky Derby. So, um, it is you, you demand a price, uh, find a horse that you like. And, you know, I also say it's also fun this time of year. It's real early because we haven't even had Halloween yet on Tuesday, but these first two pools are a great way to, uh, 
get a Christmas gift, a stocking stuffer, uh, you know, punch out a couple of tickets and, and do that type of stuff. If you ask nicely to your mutual clerk, sometimes they'll print the horse's name on the actual <laughs> ticket. But um, look, it's, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting time of year. Again, trying to find these horses. There's a lot of horses in here that look the same. Yeah, they are. They either have just broken their maiden or maybe they've run in stakes company and they've ran second or third in stakes company. You know, a horse that's that's probably going to take some action in, in this race, Darren, that just broke his maiden and, and one of those that looked the same, but he may not be the same. And it's a horse like Doorknock, who's 60 to one on the morning line, uh, who was very impressive in his uh, in his third career start, breaking his maiden at Keeneland, going a mile and a 16th. He, of course, is the brother to last year's Kentucky Derby winner, Mage. So if you're looking at pedigree, you know, he'll probably attract some money, but he may just be a different horse on paper because of that breeding, whereas, you know, many other maiden winners may not have that breeding behind them. Yeah, he's going to take a lot of money, especially after that victory and the and the bloodlines, like you said. Uh, he was aided by a uh, speed-favoring track at Keeneland when he broke his maiden by six and a half lengths, he's a son of good magic. And as KK mentioned, um, the very productive mayor Puka, uh, who threw mage uh, a year ago, um, the, you know, Dornock is very impressive. And Danny Gargan is one of those guys that always uh, finds a way to participate on the road to the Derby. Doesn't have many, but he always finds one. Yeah. And he's always, uh, you know, WHNL. I remember in the, you know, recent years of, yep. of, you know, him trying to be on the road to the Kentucky Derby, Daniel Louisville guy. So he's trying to be on the road to the Derby. Another, you know, person that's always on the road to the Derby, Darren, Steve Asmussen. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's always going to find spots for his horses, especially his two-year-olds to end up here at Churchill Downs. What do you think about a horse like Booth who was, you know, so visually impressive when he broke his maiden, he's obviously by, uh, you know, Matoli, who we're still trying to get a read on, you know, if his offspring are just strictly sprinters like he is, or maybe they would want to stretch out at some point, but he was as impressive as can be when he debuted and earned a very solid speed figure. Well, Matoli was by Eskender Ham, you know, who was able to go a rod of ground. Um, you know, for me, I'm going to lean, he's a sprinter and this, you know, until he runs again over a distance of ground, or if he even does, run over a distance of ground. Um, I'm going to pass. I, I, he's got a flashy figure, um, you know, uh, winning by five and a quarter lengths in his debut, going six furlongs, one ten and one. But sons of Matoli are sprinters in, in these eyes. See, I'm going to take an opposite stance on him. I, I agree. You know, you know, you're thinking about <laughs> Matoli being a sprinter, but the one thing I've always been noticing about these, you know, Matoli offspring early on is, you know, he didn't win at first asking. And so um, it seems like there's a lot of Matolis that are later developers. And so the ones that are winning early, I'm just more impressed by because they're doing it, I think, on raw talent. So I think maybe he, um, you know, he's going to have to prove it to me, obviously, if he can stretch out at all. But doing that so on, I think some raw talent uh, really said so, especially winning like that. Now, a uh, horse, a horse that I like. On this on this list, era defiance for Brad Cox broke his maiden a couple of weeks ago at Keeneland. His second start, going seven furlongs. Um, he was in that fierceness race in his debut when fierceness ran off the screen to 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 win by more than eleven. Um, and era defiance was second. Bilal was third. 
And, um, you know, both Era of Defiance and by law came back to win. And Era of Defiance uh, going seven-eighths of a mile. I love his breeding. He's a, he's a quality rolled colt out of a ghost sapper mare. I mean, that to me says the horse is going to get better as the distances get longer. And it's Al Gold, you know, Gold Square LLC, who's had uh, tremendous success the last couple of years in, in finding derby participants. Yeah, Cyberknife is, uh, you know, of course, was one of the favorites on the road to the Kentucky Derby leading up a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, this horse, I think, has definitely stamped himself as one of the top uh, Brad Cox runnies along with, runners along with Timberlake. Um, hey, we'd be remiss if we didn't say, you know, the West Coast is not represented. And that's mainly because, you know, trainers that are suspended from competing in the 2024 Kentucky Derby aren't eligible to, you know, garner points on the road to the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, until they're transferred, which sometimes happens late in the game, uh, to other trainers, they're just going to be included in the mutual field. So there's a lot of promising Bob Baffert trained runners that are in the all others, which closed as a heavy favorite last year, wasn't it? Three to five, I think it was. Yeah, it was exactly at the morning line. It was three to five last year. So you can take a short price if you want to, but that's a long way to wait on some tickets if you're you know, holding the. <laughs> that's money tied up for six months to get uh, a short payoff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, what do you do with the horse like Liberal Arts who just won the the Street Sense Stakes? And, um, you know, we're not going to see him, it sounds like, until next year is his three year old year, but he rebounded from uh, the Iroquois stakes, which we were a little bit dubious of just because yep. of the collapsing pace. And, you know, he, he rallied from off the pace in the, the street sense, which was run over a sloppy race course. But um, he definitely seems like he has some promise moving forward, especially around two turns. Well, congratulations to Robbie Medina, the trainer. He collected his first graded stakes win, and he thought it was more of the added distance than say the conditions of a sloppy racetrack. Whereas I'm always a little bit leery of, you know, over awarding horses when they compete over, you know, less than firm uh, or fast going uh, on the track. Uh, Liberal arts. I thought it was a really visually important, uh, impressive race. Um, the leader Gettysburg address. I mean, really he, he had the ability to dictate the terms uh, through a, a modest pace. I mean, they went out there in uh, 23 and four, I think it was 48 and change, um, uh, 47 and four, and then six furlongs in 113. And he just tired and, and gave it up and he was unpressured. And here you had liberal arts racing, you know, probably about down the back stretch, about five, six lengths back in last of five. And he was dead last leaving the turn uh, on the turn for home. But when informed of decision collared uh, Gettysburg address at about the three sixteenth pole, you know, Liberty uh, liberal arts was running up the rail, tipped out the outside into like the two, three path. And he hit another gear and closed that gap real quick. I mean, I, it, it was clear. He does appreciate a route of ground. He's a son of arrogate. Um, maybe we made, too much too soon. The street sense is not always the strongest field in terms of, um, you know, producing runners a lot. Like he's going to skip. He's done for the year. That was his what? Fifth start of the year. Yeah. Fifth start of the year. And he's not going to wheel back in three weeks and come back in the, uh, uh, the Kentucky jockey club. So they're going to put him away, but you know, given the right, uh, 
you know, spot. I think this horse was, he impressed me a little bit. Yeah. The only thing that worries I'm me. Now, knock it. Yeah. Right. And you know, he's listed at 60 to one on the morning line. Uh, and just because he won so recently, I'm just a little worried that, you know, maybe you're not going to get the value of him as you would. And maybe like pull three in January, uh, I'm, because, I'm with you. you know, you're going to have, obviously, depending on who wins the breeders cup juvenile take action and pull two. uh, the Kentucky jockey club winner. And, you know, some of the horses that maybe run in the gun runner stakes in January will take that early money into, to pull three. Uh, maybe his value could be a little bit later just because he won't be seen, uh, for the rest of the year, but he's definitely one. I think, uh, you know, people need to keep an eye on, you're, on, you're, on the road to the Derby. You're right on that out of sight, out of mind. It always produces larger, uh, odds, Let's face it. If you're if you're if you're getting involved six months out of the race, you want a lot of these people just want to say they had the horse back in November. Yeah, and, and you know what? <laughs> right? The other the other fun thing to do too with gambling on these future wagers is playing the exacta pool. And yep. you know, it surprised me. I think it was two years ago in the Derby, and I, I totally forgot. I, I bet an exacta and pool one, and it hit. And it was just great showing up in my Twin Spires account because I got blown out that day and was completely, you know, out of money. I thought I had like twenty cents in my account, and here comes the exacta. So it's fun to box a couple of horses that maybe not offering value in the win pool, but they could be offering that same value in the exacta pool. You know, wheel and the all others, of course, that'll be, you know, a shorter price. But if you can get lucky to get one of the individual interests that are, you know, in the 50, 60, 70 to one range in this pool, that's going to pay a lot on the first Saturday in May. There was another horse that was included uh, in the Kentucky Derby future wager that ran on Sunday at Churchill on the undercard. And that was Otto the Conqueror for Steve Asmus. And I thought that was a nice victory um, going seven furlongs in the, you know, it's his non-winners of one other than I thought it was a impressive, um, you know, nice handy win. The horse is going to get a shot to, to garner some points, probably down at fairgrounds. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in a race like the, the, uh, the gun runner down there. And, uh, you know, who knows with uh, hall of famer, Steve Asmussen, he's liable to run anywhere between New York and Oaklawn and, oh, yeah. um, uh, and fairgrounds. So out of the conquer, I think we'll definitely get a shot. He's owned by three chimneys farm who of course, you know, produces, you know, many star runners from out of their farm in Lexington. So he's definitely one to, to, uh, to watch. All right, KK. So here, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yep. We've got our list of horses. <clears throat> Excuse me. Still battling that that cough that will not go away. What, what horses intrigue you that you think could be possible Derby contenders? And when I say that, road to the Kentucky Derby contenders, right? So it's it's you're looking at any of the the Brad Cox top Pletcher trainees, of course, as being yep. road to the Derby contenders. But you know, ones that'll offer value that. I am going to keep an eye on it. And of course, this pool runs Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, so closing in advance of the, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. So Thursday at 6 p.m. this will pull. So, so, you know, you can watch and see how the odds move. You're not going to lock in your odds on Tuesday. It's what they close out on Thursday. A horse that's still a maiden that comes out of that, um, that booth race that I'm intrigued in is Nash. He's owned by Godolphin, a homebred by Medagliadoro out of a Malibu moon mare. I, I know going into that race where Booth was five to one, Nash was bet off the board and, and and taking a lot of action. The the barn absolutely loved the way that this horse was coming into the race. And he just ran into, you know, a horse that was, you know, very sharp at the time in Booth. So he's still a maiden, 
he's going to be, you know, he's 99 to one on the morning line. I'll be curious to see what kind of action he takes, but I do expect, and if I'm betting, I want to get a big price on this horse because he still hasn't broken his maiden. He's based here at Churchill. He'll run in a maiden race soon uh, to, to hopefully get his maiden broken. And then he'll end up on that road to the Kentucky Derby with those connections. So I think that's one that I'm going to eye in on uh, probably to see how his odds are, but definitely may place a win bet on him and key him in some exactas. I want to see what kind of price we're going to get on fierceness. Fierceness runs in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. He'll be the other Todd, because Todd Pletcher, of course, has the favorite or one of the favorites in Locked, winner of the Champagne. Fierceness ran horrible last time out. Horrible in the Champagne. Eating 20-something lengths. He had a goofy start. The fact that Todd's running him back in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Now, it is owned by Mike Rapoli, who likes to be involved in all the big events. but. The fact that he's going on with it, and after that impressive debut at Saratoga, um, he's a city of light cult out of a stay thirsty mare. Distance shouldn't be a problem. You know he's going to get an opportunity in these road to the derby races. If you can get a decent price on this horse, what's decent? For me, it's got to be 40, 50 to 1. I think you should get north of that. and, And if we do... I think I might take a chance on the rebound and just draw a line through that race. Yeah. So if you kind of liked a horse that didn't, uh, for whatever reason, step up and, and run a solid race in its previous start or got beat, don't give up on it. We've seen time and time again, this time of year, a lot of the, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth place finishers in these early prep season races develop and get better as the distances go longer. Horses are allowed to lose. I know we don't like to see any losses in the the PPs, but they are allowed to lose. Again, the road to the uh, the Kentucky Derby Future Wager Pool One. It's the first of six pools will open on Tuesday at noon. It'll run through Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. You can bet on that on twinspires.com, which is the official EDW of Churchill Downs Incorporated and the Kentucky Derby. All of the odds and free past performances will be available on kentuckyderby.com. Past performances, of course, provided by Brisnet. So you can get all the PPs of these horses, study up, and, and place those wagers Tuesday through Thursday on your Twin Spires account. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and Give us five stars. I think we had a four-star performance today. I enjoyed the podcast, and I'm going to enjoy a cup of Woodford Reserve tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get one. I think I'll put it on the rocks. Tonight. I may name each of the 200 flavor notes this evening. <laughs> Absolutely. Woodford Reserve. Of course, we couldn't do this podcast without them. Please enjoy responsibly. We'll talk soon. We'll talk the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and the lead-up to Future Stars Friday, the Breeders' cup which is coming up next week a great time of the year but stay tuned for that and of course get all your information on kentuckyderby.com we'll talk soon